As I read this familiar story this Christmas season, I can't help but feel a deep sense of sadness as a war rages only 30 miles from the little town of Bethlehem. To put that into perspective, that's pretty much from here to Stillwater. The birthplace of Jesus lies still and quiet this year as Christmas in Bethlehem has been canceled. Their celebrations have been canceled. Reverend Munther Isaac, a pastor at Evangelical Lutheran Christmas Church in Bethlehem, created this nativity scene this year. As he said, this year, God is found under the rubble in our region. You'll notice there's a, there's a doll that is supposed to de- depict baby Jesus in the rubble with the nativity scene around him as they reflect on the war that rages on just 30 miles from the little town of Bethlehem. Now, I don't share this to ruin your Christmas and to take all the joy out of your Christmas, right? Or to give you any, as if any of us need any more reason for controversy at our, at our family get-togethers, right? I, I don't bring this up to just throw politics or social conversation in, but rather, one, for us to just be humbled, reminded of the brokenness and the neediness of the world and, and the, the blessing that we have to gather here in safety tonight. But also, I, I share this to remind us that it's this, the rubble of this world, that Jesus has always entered into. See, 2,000 years ago, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, there were social tensions, there were political tensions, there was tensions among family and neighbors and countries and nations. And Jesus is born in a small, humble town to a small, humble family. He's born into the ruins of life as we know it. He's born into a world filled with bad news. The bad news cycle that you and I are familiar with is nothing new. Ever since Genesis chapter 3, the history of the world, if you know history, if you study history, it's been bad news after bad news after bad news, and Jesus is born into the bad news. But there's a pronouncement in Jesus' birth from the angels who say to the shepherds in the text that I just read, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Fear not, regardless of what you're going through this evening, regardless of what your heart feels as you think about the state of the world, as we sing some of these Christmas songs that, that, that hold the tension of hope and hurt together. Life is filled with tensions. We have circumstances that try us from every side, and yet we cling to this hope. These angels come, and they meet these shepherds, these lowly shepherds, likely teenagers, out in the field, this, this, this forgettable job, this entry-level job that not many people wanted to do. These angels show up to these teenagers, tending to their sheep in the flock, in the, in the, in the field, their flock in the field, and they say, fear not. For behold, look, pay attention. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I want to spend just a few minutes tonight considering this pronouncement in two movements. The first movement is God towards us, his creation. The creator moves towards creation, towards the created. And then the second movement is the the creation, us, created beings. We move back towards God 
the Creator. The first movement is God moving towards us. We've seen this all throughout the story. God shows up to Mary. He sends an angel to interrupt her world. God moves towards humanity. He gives Mary this news, and Mary ponders it. She thinks about it. She, she surrenders herself to God. And then God appears to the angels. He sent to the shepherds. He sends an angel to communicate with them. Here in Luke chapter 2, he moves towards them. And as God moves towards these shepherds, their first inclination is to feel fear. Fear is the proper response. When, when we are met with something unfamiliar and something out of our control. This great light from the sky with an angel proclaiming in words to them, it, it created fear in them. Because they know in that moment they're not in control and they don't have all of the knowledge that they need. This is our response when we're stuck in situations where I know I can't control anything and I know I don't have the answers. And the angel comes to them and, and I love what the angel does. The angel doesn't bypass their fear. He doesn't spiritually bypass them or emotionally bypass their fear. Sometimes in our world, we, we get used to spiritually bypassing or emotionally bypassing or just kind of using a Bible verse or, or, or a cheap phrase to try and cheer somebody up or to try to skirt around a situation. And the angel doesn't do that with the shepherds. When the angel proclaims, fear not, the angel is joining this biblical story, this biblical teaching that when we understand who God is, when we move towards God as God has moved towards us, we have no need to fear because we don't need to be in control and we don't need to have all knowledge and understanding. And so the angel comes to the shepherds. The angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, God moving towards us, towards mankind. This pronouncement, the first portion of it is, Good news. This Greek word is euangelion. It's where we get our word evangelical from. And in the ancient world, this was a common thing that they would do when there was a new kingdom, when, when, a, new, uh, when a new nation would take over and there would be a new king on the throne. They would come to the villages and the cities and they would pronounce, good news, good news, so-and-so is king. And so this is very much a political reality. The angel pronounces to the shepherds that there's a new government at hand. There's a new king. There's a Messiah, as the angel says. Look at verse 11. It says, Born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah who is Master. This is good news. But it's an upside-down kingdom. It's not a kingdom that the world is familiar with and used to. It's not a kingdom that fights and uses power and uses persuasion. It's a, it's a kingdom where the last shall be first, where the humble will rule, where the meek will be honored. The angel also says, I bring you great joy, good news of great joy. This is the character of the news. This character, this, this good news, it will produce in us, anyone who would choose to follow and listen and believe, a great joy regardless of circumstance. 
This evening, I think about our brothers and sisters who are in Bethlehem and who are in the Middle East with much different circumstances than us tonight. And there are believers, followers of Jesus there who in the midst of horrific circumstances are able to find everlasting joy in the person of Jesus Christ. And then lastly, the subject of this news is all people. He says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. See, this new kingdom, the pronouncement of this new government, the declaration of this new king that will bring great joy for all those who would enter into this kingdom, it's for all people. It's a borderless kingdom. It's a kingdom that unites rather than divides. It's why this very day we have friends in Hawaii and in Czech Republic and in China and in Korea and in the Middle East and in Guatemala and in Turkey and in Russia and Ukraine and Romania and even Wisconsin (laughs) who are a part of this great kingdom. God can do miraculous things. And he's bringing a people together for himself. That's what this proclamation is. That's God's movement towards us. And then lastly, in response, our movement towards God, I want us to just end tonight by considering how the shepherds, upon hearing this good news, which will be great joy for all the people, it includes them, lowly shepherds, who are often overlooked and cast aside and forgotten about. The angels come, And they proclaim first to the shepherds, first to Mary and to Joseph, these castaways of society, that this is for you. This good news is for all people, including you. And the shepherds receive this news, and then they move towards God. They they leave their fields, and they travel to Bethlehem. It's not a far journey. It's believed that they're shepherds around Bethlehem, likely taking care of the sheep that are used for sacrifice. And so they come to Bethlehem and they, they find Jesus. They move towards God. They find the newborn Jesus and they spend time with Mary and Joseph and the family there. And it's fascinating that upon their conversation, it says, and all these who heard it wondered at what the shepherds had told them. The shepherds came and they, they told Mary and Joseph something about Jesus, something of what the angels had told them. Probably that this, this son, Jesus... He's the new king. He's starting a new kingdom. And we're all invited. And so they say something to Mary. We don't know exactly what, but Mary's movement here is, it says in verse 19, that Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. She thought, she considered, she meditated upon. That's one of the ways that we move towards God in response to his movement towards us. And then the second way, it says, the shepherds returned. They went back to their fields, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And so church family, friends, and neighbors of Park Community Church this evening, as you head off into whatever Christmas celebrations you may be doing over the next couple days, I want to encourage you, as God moves towards you, look for him. Try to notice and pay attention to how God is moving towards you. He moves towards the ruins of our life to rebuild and restore and repair. And then as you notice God moving towards you, would you move back towards him?
Would you, like Mary, ponder, think, reflect, consider, question, meditate upon what God is doing and how he is moving? Or would you, like the shepherds, praise, open your mouth and sing and declare the wonder and the glory of the person that is Jesus Christ? We have an opportunity to do that tonight to move towards Jesus, to move back towards him as we finish our evening by singing Silent Night. I'm going to take the flame from the Christ candle here. This represents Jesus, the light of the world. And I'm going to light a candle and we're going to spread the flame throughout the congregation as we sing. And as we sing, let's remember that God invites us into his presence to both ponder and to praise. Would you pray with me? this evening. Lord Jesus, we thank you for moving among us. God, we thank you that you have moved towards us. We admit and we acknowledge that there's so much darkness and brokenness and rubble in this world, in our own lives and in the world. But tonight, Lord Jesus, we want to be reminded that you came as light in the darkness, that you came to rebuild and restore among the rubble that you, in fact, are a great king in a new kingdom. That you offer great joy for all the people. And we receive that this evening, Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.